The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Babakama has been generously sponsored in our Dafyumi program by our good friend and patron and charter member of our Dafyumi class, Siyahu Ashar HaKohen and his dear wife, Rina, that Dazat Hashem, they will have continued Hatzlacha, Harvacha, Bechol, Maaseh, Yedehem, Biriut, Health, Happiness, Prosperity, and much Nachat from their children. May they enjoy many years of Shalom, Bayit, uh, Tranquility, and Peace of Mind. Amen, Amen. Amen. We begin today's daf on Tzadigimal Amud Rishon and we start three, four, five, six, five lines from the top. Amar Rav Hanan. Hamoser Din Al Havero Huni Ainash Tehida. Which literally means if a person uh, transfers his judgment to Kadosh Baruch Hu, which means a person has a claim against somebody, and instead of taking it to Din, he comes along and says, let God be the judge. So anybody that instead would have an option to go to Din, and they don't go to Din, and they tell that God should be the judge in this case, so the Yavara says, The person gets punished for that putting his judgment it seems that when one uh, brings God into the picture to judge so then they say your books are opened up first and who are you to bring somebody else to judgment you have to see your books and once they start scrutinizing the books so nobody comes out innocent I'm angry at you because uh, she felt that he was having children from Hagar, and she wasn't having children. So he said, I have claims. You prayed for yourself, you didn't pray for me. And therefore, she says, Let God judge. And what ended up happening? She got punished. She died first. What I was saying over here, that really, she should have lived more years. Uh, but she died... Um, uh, she died at 127, and Abraham Abinu died at 175. She died uh, you know, over 30 years uh, before Abraham Abinu, because she wrote her judgment to Was there a Bedin in that time that she could have went to? Tosfot says, She could have went to the Bedin Shel Shem. Instead, she said, let God judge. That's all about where there's a judgment on earth. Okay. Both really are in trouble. The one that's so'ik, the one that's crying out, has the claims, and the one that's being claimed. Like we just learned, the one that's claiming, they open his books. And the one that's being claimed, he has some guilt also, if there's a claim against him, because he's causing somebody else trouble. So the Gemara says, Oy lo litzu'ik, both are in trouble. The one that's complaining and the one that's getting complained about. But the punishment comes to the one that's claiming more than the one that is being claimed. Comes the Gemara and says, person should not take a Kedalah, a curse of a hidyot, of a simple person, do not take it lightly. Share Avimelech, Kedelet Sarah. Avimelech in that episode, cursed Sarah Emenu, when it came bizarre, it came true. Well, what did he say? Shneemar Hinehu Lecha, Kesut Enayim. That if she has a child, he will have Kesut Enayim. His eyes will be covered, and he'll be blind. Amar Lahu Ir Vichesita Memeni. Since you covered information from me, and you did not reveal to me that that was your husband, 
וגרמת אליי הצער הזה, and you caused me this trouble, like we learned on yesterday's daf, that all of the, the body of the Abimelech and his family closed up. ירצון שיהיו לך בעיניי כסויי עיניים. You should have descendants that are going to be blind. ונתקיים בזרעה, and it came true. שניהם הדכתיב, ויהי כי זקן יצחק, ותכן עיניו מראות. יצחק became old and his eyes became dim from seeing, which he wasn't able to see. So what I was trying to say, don't take the curse of a simple man lightly in your eyes. Here, Abi Melech cursed Sarai Menu, and it came true. Amar Abi Abhu, Le'olam ye'adam menandirdafim, Fedo menarodfim. A person should always put himself in the position to be the one that is being pursued, and not the one that is doing the pursuing. Because, it says in the Pasuk, Elohim yivakeshet anirdaf. Kadosh Baruch Hu always sides with the one that's being pursued. He takes the underdog. Don't be the one that's uh, pursuing. Stand like Kadosh Baruch Hu doesn't take your position. So it says, There's no bird that is more pursued than the uh, the turtle dove and the dove. And those two birds are the only birds that are kosher to put on the Mizbayah. So you see, when a person is in the daf, learn from the birds. The birds are pursued, but that's why they are indeed kasher. The Mefarshim asks over here, what is this language, le'olam? Uh, Always a person should be a, from the Nidafim. So he says, uh, first of all, this is a nyan of Midat uh, Hasidut, but he writes, Ye'adam and Nidafim, afilu b'mishe'enu Nidaf velo rodef. Even if you're neither, you're not pursuing and you're not being pursued, you should always stand on the side of the one that's being pursued. Even if it's not your situation, when it comes to taking sides, you should take sides from the one that's being pursued in order to protect them. Good. Comes the Gemara continues. Haomer Okay, so we learned in the Mishnah that if a person comes along and says, "Take my eye out, cut my hand off, break my leg," in all these cases, he's going to be hayav. Even if he says, "Al menat leftor," do it and you'll be patur. Still hayav. However, when he comes along and says, "Rip my shirt, rip my clothes, and all that." And he says, Aminat Neftor is me patur. So, uh, if he says, Aminat Neftor is me patur. So the question is, what's the difference between when he says, cut my arm, Aminat Neftor, and he says, rip my, show, my shirt, Aminat Neftor. Well, one case is Hayab, one case is patur. So, Rav Aseh Barhamma tells Rav Aseh that's the question. What's the machine the Risha? You tell me, Kata'it yadi al-manat niftor, yachayaf. The Sefa, you say, rip my shirt, or break my jug, al-manat niftor, and we patur. Amar le Risha, lefishe'en adam mochel al-rashe'e varim. Because he doesn't mean it. A person does not mochel al-rashe'e varim. When he comes along and says, you'll be patur, he's just saying it out of anger. But he really doesn't mean that he's moheling the payment. Nobody is mochel on such a such a great uh, a great thing on, on, on his limbs. Right, we have another bright that is going to say that a person will be mochel on his sa'ar. Meaning, let's say you're not cutting off his uh, arm or cutting off his uh, taking out his eye, just causing pain. Does a person mochel on pain? Because we have a bright that says the Tanya hakeni petzaeni. Hit me, uh, give me a wound, Amenat Liftor, Patur. So the Gemara says, according to your logic, it doesn't make any sense. You tell me, no, a guy's not Mohail on Rashi uh, Evarim. Well, if he's a guy's Mohail on the Tsar, when he comes along and says, you hit me, on the condition that you're going to be Patur, does he, does he mean, really mean to, 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 to put it? But the writer says he's Patur. So the Gemara says, Ishtik. kept quiet, he didn't have the, uh, he didn't have the answer. Ravah did not have the answer. Amar, midi shami alak beha. 
So Rabbi says, did you hear anything on this subject? Different reason. That the reason why a person is not Mohel al-Rashi'varim is because of the blemish that it does to his family. It's not only what it does to him. When there's a blemish, he has a wound and things like that, it brings an embarrassment to the entire family. So therefore, in such a situation, a person is not going to be mochel. Uh, blinding the eye, taking off the arm. And already, like I said, it causes a herpa to the family. And therefore, he doesn't have permission to be mochel. It's affecting, it's affecting others. He has no permission to be mochel the mazik. However, when it comes to a little tsa'ar and things like that, he has the ability to be mohel. So that's the first answer. Gibran says, Itmar, Ravoshaya Amar, Ravoshaya Kalungan says, Mishum Pegam Mishpacha. Like we just learned. The reason why he's not mohel on Rashi Evarim is because he cannot be mohel because it affects the family. Rava Amar, Mishum, She'en Adam mohel al Rashi Evarim Shelo. It's not that he, he can't. Rava learns. That he doesn't. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, uh, Amar. I go uh, all the way up. Rava Amar. It's the third line in Rashi. Let's catch up in Rashi's now. Rava Amar. The fish in Adam mochel she'evarav ubalaita lo tikshi da'al tsaro mochel Adam. Good. So Rava makes a haluk. He says on. On his actual damages of the limbs, a person will not be mohel. But on sa'ari will be mohel. Therefore, the bright that it said on sa'ar patur, then that item he's willing to, 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 to if he says amenat leftori means it. Mashaykin when he says amenat to cut my cut my hand off amenat leftori, that already he's not he's not mohel that much. Okay, Rashi sa'aro keiv makkah. No, that's referring to the keiv of the makkah. Okay, so those are the two answers. Either because of Pegam Mishpacha. Pegam Mishpacha means he has no right to be Mohel. And the Abbas says he doesn't Mohel. It's a little different answer. Which means uh, Ravas will hold that uh, if the guy actually legitimately is Mohel, that you know he's Mohel, it'll work. Yes. Whereas according to Yohanan, you can't be Mohel. It's not your thing to be You're affecting the family. It's Pegam Mishpacha. But either way, the Gemara is making a haluk between a cutting of a hand off or just regular tsa'ar, that a person can be mochel on his tsa'ar at this point. So comes the Gemara and says, Rabbi Yohanan Amar, Rabbi Yohanan comes along and says like this, Yesh hen shehu kelav, veyesh lav shehu kehen. Sometimes yes is no, and sometimes no is yes. What does he mean over here? So let's read the Rashi. It's really all going to depend on how the person says it. If a person says yes, that means no. And if a person says no, it means yes. If he says it rhetorically, so then the words mean the opposite. As opposed to if he says it, binihuta, yes, yes means yes. Well, no, no means no. But sometimes if somebody asks a question and he answers back, no? No, no means you're saying really yes. Well, the opposite is yes. That means he's rhetorically saying no. And what does that got to do with us? So that she now fits this shita into our Mishnah. Till now we learned our Mishnah that the case is talking about where a guy goes, tells his friend, uh, cut my hand off, almenat abipotelu. So the guy cuts the hand off, and the Mishnah says what? Hayav. Why? Either because he has no right to be mochel, because pegam mishpacha, it affects the guy's family, people are going to get embarrassed in his family that he has a, you know, no arm and things like that, so he's going to be mochel. Or Ravah says, he's not mochel. The guy's not mochel, he doesn't mean it. When he said the patur, he was angry, or whatever he was saying it, he, he, he didn't actually mean it. Nabi Yohanan has a totally different understanding of this Mishnah. He doesn't learn the case like we learned it, where the guy said everything, cut my hand off and I'll be poteryu. The case was talking about where he said, cut my hand off. And then the guy says, will I be patur if I do it? And he says, yes. So now we're trying to interpret that yes. Did he mean yes? 
Or did he mean, no. <laughs> it was rhetorical. And that's going to be dependent on how he said it. So let's read the Nashi now. The Rabbi Hanan Amar. Like five, six lines down. Adam Mochel Alakol. That's, that's the given first, by the way. It's possible that a guy will forgive everything. He don't care about his hand. In cases where we know he's genuine, he can be mochel on that as well. Umatnitin lav da amar le nihbal le hobel ketaich adi amanach te patud. Don't learn the Mishnah like you learned it till now, where the guy that's getting damaged said everything. Ela ketaich adi stama. He just told his friend, "Cut my hand off." Stam. Period. The amale chovel al menat liftor, and then the chovel, the guy who's doing the damaging, said, "Will I get patur if I do it?" Kilomar emoli atta al menat sheyeh patur. You tell me explicitly, I'll be patur. Amale achin. So the guy tells him, "Yes." Now we need to interpret what that yes means. Sometimes yes means no. Where he says it in an astounding way. Uh, on the condition that I'll be patur? Yeah? Oh, it means, it means no. If he said it like that, then that's why the Mishnah says chayaf. But in a khadameh, if he would say yes, in a regular way, it'll be patur also. So Nabi Haran argues on the previous opinions. Nabi Haran says a man will be muhil. The Hadush of Mishnah is that if he says it in a rhetorical way, you're not going to be patur. Because just because he said the word yes, doesn't mean yes. You've got to go according to the context of the way he said it. Well, that's the Hadush of Mishnah. Oh. And the, the second case of the Mishnah was the guy told him, uh, break my jug. Same story. He tells him, uh, on the condition that I'll be uh, patur, and the guy tells him, No, I'll be patur. Which means when you say no in a rhetorical way, also, no means yes. That's the second part of the Mishnah. The second part of the Mishnah was the jug. So he came along and said, Break the jug. He says, Oh, yeah, but if I break the jug, am I going to be a patur? He says, oh, What do you mean? No? You're not going to be patur? Uh, it means yes. So therefore, Really, in all cases of Yohanan hold, you can be patur for damages, depending on how he answered. So now the Gibraltar says, Tanya we have a Braita to support this over here. Okay? Let's get the Braita to support the Yohanan. Tanya Hakeni, Pisaini, good, hit me, give me a, uh, a wound. Almenat liftor? The guy asks, hey, will I be patur? Ve'amar lo, hen? And he tells him, yeah? Hare yesh hen shukilav. That's a no. That's a yes, that's a no. Kira'at kisuti. Rip my shirt. Almenat liftor? Will I be patur? Ve'amar lo, lav? And he tells him, no? Hare lav shukihen. That's a yes. So it comes out, you have... Uh, three shitot over here in the sugya. The most lenient of the shitot is Rabbi Hanan. Rabbi Hanan says, by the way, guys, mohel on everything. Now we mohel on his arm. That means according to Rabbi Hanan, the maasif. A guy comes up and says, uh, "Cut my arm off." I'm not the floor. And the guy says, "Yes," without being rhetorical. He means it. He means it. He means it. Rava comes along and says, "A guy's not mohel. He, he don't mean when he says uh, yes. He's saying it out of anger." And Rava holds. I'm sorry, that's Rava. And Rabbi uh, Shayyan, the name of Rabbi Shishat says, he can't be mohel. He has the right to be mohel because it's affecting his mishpacha. Therefore, it's affecting their uh, busha. Therefore, he cannot be mohel. So Rabbi Shayyan says, mohel on everything. And Rabbi Shayyan is saying, he's not, but just for different reasons. Rabbi says, because he doesn't mohel. And Rabbi Shayyan says, because he cannot be mohel. Okay. Shabir et kaddi. Kera et kisuti hayav. Okay, guy comes along and says, break my barrel, uh, rip my shirt, so he is, he's high after, he's giving you permission. It sounds like he's giving him the item, and he's telling him, no, I break it. So the Gemara is saying, why not be patur? Why did the Mishnah say chayav in that case? 
Why does he only have to specify and say, Al-Minat Liftor, Even if he just gave it to me, here's the item, please. Because really, when am I obligated to, to watch something? When I'm giving the, given the item to watch. Then I have the obligation of a Shomir. But if I'm given the item, and I get permission to break it, so seemingly the laws of Shomrim don't apply to me. So why not? If a guy gives me an item and tells me, break it, I'm not a Shomer, so I break I should be patur. And the Gemara wants to substantiate it from a pasuk. But I says, we have a contradiction in the laws of Shomri. That's the laws where you're giving some, someone something to watch for you. The pasuk says, Lishmor. You only have to watch an item if he gives it to you with the intention to watch it. But if he's giving it to you not to watch, he's giving it to destroy, and you destroy it, you be patur. Or, lishmor velo likrawa. It's only to watch, but not if he gives you permission to rip it. Lishmor velo lehalek laanin. Right? Which means, uh, let's say, a guy gave you something uh, uh, to watch over here. Money, and things like that. And he lost it. He told you, here's this item over here. I want you to, uh, we're going to give this money to the Aniyim. Okay? Told him, we're going to give it to the money to the Aniyim. Just hold it. And what ended up happening? He lost it. The deen is, he's patur. Why? Because there's no claimants over here. Every Ani that comes along and says, hey, that was my money, the guy can tell him, oh, I was going to give it to a different Ani. So if somebody says, his money to give out to the Aniyim, and he loses the money, the Gebarah is saying, patur, because... There's no, no one can have a claim against him. It's like I just told you. Any Ani that comes to him and says, where's my money? Who said it was your money? Do I have your name on the money? You're the only Ani in town? I was giving it to the other Ani. Good, the other Ani comes. Hey, give me my money. Who said I'll give it to you? I'll give it to that guy. She can always be the head. So therefore, basically, the Gibraltar's question is, why when I tell my friend, here's the item, break it, why am I Hayav? The only time Hayav Nechara is when he makes me a Shumer. But in this case, he did not make me a Shomer. So I should indeed be Patur. Look at Ashi. Ashi says, Lishmor velo le'abed. See that Ashi? Ki yitin. Like if, in, in the event you give somebody an item, Lishmor. Defkido etzlo lishmor. Hayav b'fshi'ah. Then you hayav if you're negligent. Velo kishifkido etzlo amenat le'abed. But not if he gave him the item with conditions that he gives him permission. To destroy it, or to give it to the poor people. Why? That's not considered this one. You weren't uh, endowed to, to watch it. Once he tells him give the money out, it's not considered anymore the one that gave it, because you're telling me to give it out. Uman kataba. Who's gonna who's, who's gonna claim the money now? Va'anim lo matzit tabe. Da'anim cannot have a claim. Why? Delechol had vechad matzi amar lav lididak yavina ilu laharini. Because you can tell each ani, I'm not giving it to you. I'm giving it to that guy. And the guy that gave it to him cannot have a claim. Because it's not your money anyway. You told me to give it to the anim. So therefore, in that case over there, he's patu. So the question that you're again is, why are you telling me now, Mishnah? You should be patur. When he gives him money or he gives him an item, here's my card, break it. Good, so I'm not a shomer anymore, so why can't I break it? Why am I hayav? So the Gibra says, Amar Lakasha, no question. Had Had Oh, it all depends if it got his hand or not. Which means, our Mishnah says Hayat it got his hands. Which means we're learning the case of Rashi. Now tell the Bekara biyade Hayav ilo amar le almanat leftor vafilu atal yade meikara almanat leabed. Wow. Okay, what I was saying, once you give an item and it's in the guy's hands, automatically the guy's a shomer. Once it comes to his hands. He's got to watch it. Even if he gives it to him, and he tells him in the beginning, I'm giving this to you, I'm not the abed. 
We don't believe what he's saying. Once it comes into the guy's hands, you got to be a shomer. It don't matter, even if you specified and stipulated from the beginning. Oh, the Torah's case over there was talking where you didn't give it to the guy yet. You didn't put it in his hands yet, and you told the item is over there, it's on the table. Tell the guy, Aminat Labid. Oh, Aminat Labid. Then already I go take it and break it, I'm going to be patu. But once it comes to the hands, the Gabbana's assuming now from the, at least the Havamina, it doesn't matter in what stipulation it came to the hands, we say what? The guy doesn't mean it. So what's the guy telling you to you for? He wants you to take it. He wants you to be shomer. Normally, God doesn't want to be shomer. I don't want to get involved. So he says, don't worry, don't worry, take it. Even if it breaks you, it's, it's okay. Oh, so he takes it. But he, he doesn't mean it. He means he wants you to watch it. So therefore, now you break it. Hey, but you told me. Well, Betty was saying, hey, they told you only because he just wanted to be, he wanted you to be a shomer. And he knew you weren't going to get involved with the item unless you give him a, an out. But he really didn't mean it. But shake it, if you never took it, it was on the table, then I break it, I break it, break it. That's the Gemara's have that mean at the same time. look now. So comes the Gemara and says, Good. So Gemara says, no good, not a good answer. Amal Ravah, or Rabah, Lishmor de'atli yadeh mashma. Right. Your Hiluk doesn't make sense. Because where are we learning the Ptur from? From the Pasuk Lishmor. What's the Pasuk Lishmor? I gave the guy an item. It's in his hands. And I told him, Al-Minat, you can break it. So it's ma... And what's the deal of the Torah? You Patur. So it's ma'ashma that even after it gets to his hands, and he makes a stipulation, you're going to be Patur. Don't tell me you're only going to be Patur when it's on the table and the guy told from the answer before you even touched it. You're Patur, don't worry about it. Da, da, da. Then he picked it up. For the Torah's Mashma, even if he picked it up, and then the guy stipulated, he's still going to be patur. So we have to go back. What's the case that the Mishnah is talking about? What's the case the Brayta is talking about? Oh, both cases are talking about where the guy who broke it is holding it. Simple answer. When I give the guy the item, initially, to watch, came to my hands as a watchman, you can't change your mind anymore. And even if he does change his mind, the Shomer is still Hayaf. Once you're a Shomer, you're a Shomer. He came to his hands with the intention to be Shomer. Now what have guy, oh by the way, now you want to rip it, you can break it, don't worry about it, too late, you're a Shomer. Mashaykin, if it got to his hands initially, hey, I'm giving you this item, Al-Mainata, you can break it, then the Mishnah is telling you, indeed you'll be patu. So both cases are talking about it came to his hand. The question is, under what pretense? If it came to his hand, Al-Minat Lishmor, too late. Even if he changes his mind, he cannot. Mashiach, if it came to his hand, Al-Minat Lishmor, from the beginning, in a Kamel B, patu, look at Ashi, towards the bottom. Had the atar yadeh mi'ikara b'turat shemira. Vehadar Amar Lekera, and then he changed the mind. He said, you know what? You can rip it. Hayav. Ilo Amar Le Almenat Leftor. Unless he told me from the beginning, I'm giving this to you, Almenat Leftor. That's the difference in the cases. Kebara concludes the Perekahu Arnekadetz Daka. There was a certain wallet filled with Sadaka money. The Ate Le Pumpedita. So Rav Yosef, he was the Gizbar, Rav Yosef was in charge of the Tzedakot of the city. So he gave it to a certain guy, okay, here, do me a favor, give it out to the Anim of uh, Pumpedita. What happened? Pasha, he was negligent. Atu ganabe ganbuha. Thieves came and they stole the wallet. Haybe Rav Yosef. And Rabbi Yosef came along and said, You have to pay. So wait, We just learned that only when you give some an item to a guy to watch is he hayab if he's negligent. But if you give him an item to give out to the poor people and he's negligent, he doesn't have to pay because there's no claimants. Daniim can't claim because each guy will tell, I'll give it to the next guy. I wasn't giving it to you. It's not your money. It's not your money. And the guy that gave it to him can't claim it because it wasn't his money. You said it was for Anim. So how did Rabbi Yosef say that this guy's Hayaf to reimburse Anim?
So Gabriel says, Amale Rabbi Yosef says, Anie de Pumpedita mechatz kaitz lehu. Which means the Aniim of Pumpedita, they get a fixed salary and a fixed uh, uh, income from the Tzedakot every week. Every Ani gets a certain amount. And therefore, you cannot come along and say, Oh, I wasn't giving you, I was giving you No, here the Anim get fixed salary from the Kupa. And therefore, the Gabbara says, Lishmorhu. It's like a deen of Shemira. Therefore, when the Ani comes to you and says, hey, I want my money, you can't say, Oh, I wasn't giving it to you. No, no, no. In Pumpedita, every Ani gets a fixed amount. Therefore, you were watching my money. That's how, that's how fixed it is. And therefore, the claim is you've got to reimburse the Anim. It's like the Anim gave you the money to watch. And therefore, the Anim gave you the money what? That we have to watch it. That's she. Let's that's she the Perik. First, Rabbi Yosef, Gabbai Haba. Rabbi Yosef was the Gabbai Tzedakah. Kayetz Leu. Mamon. Kach vekach le Shabbat. Right? They get a certain stipend a week. Lechol achat havilem mamon shiyesh lo tov'in. So now, each Ani over here has a legitimate claim. Vekarinan be lishmor. Therefore, it's considered lishmor. And if he was negligent, he is indeed going to have to pay Hadran Alach Achovin. Okay, we begin the ninth Perek of Masichet Bavakama, Perek Agozel Etzim. Just as one introduction to the Perek, we learned earlier in the Masichet that uh, if somebody steals something and he makes a Shinui, he changes the item that he stole so the item becomes his. He's it with the Shinui. And therefore he has to pay back according to the time that he stole it. Kish'at The change becomes his, he requires it, and he pays back Kish'at HaGezela. The Mishnah is going to give us some examples. HaGozel Aitzim. Okay, guy stole wood. Ba'asa'an Kirim. And he made it into Kirim. He made it into a vessel. Okay, he made a change. Tzemer, he stole wool. And he turned it into a shirt, a garment. So he just has to pay monetary compensation for how much the wood was at the time of the thievery, or how much the tzimmer was, the wool was at the time of the thievery. Because he was koneh the kelim, and he's koneh the big. Gazal para me'uberet. He stole a para that was pregnant. Vialda, and he gave birth. Rachel te'una. The Rachel had wool on it. Vigazeza. And he sheared it. Meshalem deme para haomedet li led. Vedeme Rachel haomedet li gazez. So, of course, he has to pay back according to the time that he stole. He has to pay back how much is an animal that's destined to give birth and how much is an animal worth that is laden, laden, with, uh, laden with wool. That's she. Which means, he's koneh, according to the sheets, mashma, bottom line, there's a change in the animal now. So he's koneh the animal. He just has to pay back uh, the difference between, uh, or it sounds like he's koneh the shinui, I should say. And he has to pay back the animal, plus how much it would have been worth more if it would have been pregnant. Or how much it would have been worth more if it would have had shearings on it. So in this case also that she's master of the is koneh, because he cut the shearings off and they gave birth, so it's a different animal. But the animal is still an animal that he has to return, plus the uh, amount that it, that it depreciated now, so you have to return it from the time of the Gezela. Okay? Last case of the Mishnah. Gazal para vinit abira. You stole a para and it gave birth. It's no. Vialda. Okay, it gave birth. Rachel vinit ayin. Which means you stole a para, it got pregnant by him. But you stole a regular para. And it got pregnant by him. Vinit abira, it's no. Vialda. Rachel or you stole a sheep without any shearings on it, and it became filled with wool. Then you'll have to return back a cow, a regular cow, and you only have to return back a sheep without shearings on it. You don't have to return the... Because it changed. 
So you kone it, so you just have to return back the, uh, the change. Ze'aklal, basically the rule is in the Mishnah, kol ha-gazlanim mishalmim kishanta gazila. That's the basic rule you have to remember. All gazlanim pay the item that it was worth at the time of the gazila. Any shinui that was made to it subsequently, they do not have to pay back. Okay. Now the Gemara is going to start to explain. Amre, let's go back to the first case. He stole wood. He made it into kirin. Amre, etzim v'asan kirin in. Sounds like only because you made it into a vessel. Shifan lo. But just sanding it is not a kinyan. Because l'cha'ora, the way you make it a kirin is, you got to sand it first. Would the Mishnah have to go all the way to making it a kelim? It just should have said, once you sanded the wood, that's already a shinui. For the fact that the Mishnah said, no, dafka asa'an kelim, so that means shifan, the sanding, is not considered a shinui uh, enough. Good. Semer asa'an begadim. You stole wool, and you made it into a garment. In, yeah, dafka we made it into a garment. Libnan lo, but just whitening it, whitening the uh, the wool is not considered enough. Now again, the kaura before you make it a garment, you have to whiten the wool. So obviously, the whitening is not considered a shinui. So comes the and says, "What do you mean? Urmini, we have a contradiction. Gazal etzim v'shifan. You stole wood and you sanded it. Abanim v'sitetan." Or rocks, and you misatet. That's also what sanding is to wood. That's what situt is to rocks. Like you chisel them to smoothen them out. Semer v'libnan, you stole wool and you whitened it. Pishtan v'nikahu, or you stole flax and you cleaned up the flax. It's like a form of whitening them. Mishalem you only have to pay. According to what it was at the time of the stealing, which is mashma, you were koneet, the gazan was koneet. So make up your mind, our Mishnah's mashma, that only when you steal, and you would, and you make it a keli, do you koneet, does the gazan koneet with the shinui. Where it's mashma of this b'raita, that even if you didn't have to make it a keli, even if he sanded it, already it's his illness, the pekish, as opposed to giving back the item itself. Which means, if you say that the ganav is not koneh b'shipui, you have to return the item itself. It's like it's a dushinui. But if you say it's koneh b'shipui, so then already he's koneh the item. It's his item. And now he just returns kishat gezerah. When I stole it, it wasn't sanded. So that's a, that's a big, uh, big, big nafka minah. We have a big mahlok between the Mishnah and the Braita. Comes again, again. Amar Abayez, Abayez gives an answer. Tanadidan, our Tana Katani Shinui the Rabbanan the Hadra, because she can Shinui the Oraita, and all the more so a Shinui the Oraita, which means Esim Vasaan Kelim, that which we said in our Mishnah, we have Esim, you stole wood, and what did he do? He turned it into kelim. You know what we're talking about over here? Where the wood was already sanded from the beginning. Be'etzim mishupin. And therefore, when he stole the etzim mishupin and turned it into a vessel, you're right, it's a shinui. But that's a shinui that can be undone. Because the keli, you can undo it and go back to its original state. The chidush of the Mishnah is even a shinui. That's not a permanent shinui, which would be considered a shinui midrabbanan. The gazlan is koneh. Umayninu nisarim. You stole planks. Planks are sanded already. So the hadush of Mishnah is the change that he made is not a permanent change. Turning it into kedim, you can unturn them into not kedim. So you might have thought that what? A non-permanent change is not a shinui. Kamash malan. The Mishnah says it is. 
Right? It goes back to its original state. Because you can undo it. You can take it apart. The case of the Braita that came along and said, where you made it into, uh, where you sanded it, that's a Shinui de Oraita. Because once you sand it, you cannot unsand it. So therefore the Hadush of our Mishnah is, you stole planks. Planks already are considered sanded already. And the Hadush of the Shinui that you made was a Shinui de Rabbanai, because it can be Hosea de Briato, and still the Mishnah's Deen is what? They're going to have a Skone, so there's no Stira. And the case of the bride that's talking, where you stand, you stole a regular piece of wood, and you're sanding it enough, that's already, you, know, you don't got to make it a kidney. Once already you're sanding it already, it's considered uh, a shinui, and therefore you're going to be connected. Similarly by wool. Semer ba'asa'an begadim. The case where you stole semer wool, and you made it into garments, besemer tavui. Already the wool was spun already. Was spun and processed. Such a garment, you can unravel and bring it back to its original state. That's the Hadush of the Mishnah. That even though you stole wool, and you made a shinui and turning it into a beggar, and it can, it's not a permanent change, still you couldn't. And all the more so, when you made a shinui, that means when you made a change, that is, which means, and the Braita was talking about when you made a Shinui Deoraita, where you stole wood and you made it sanding. Oh, that's already Shinui Deoraita. The Shinui Deoraita, look at the Braita, we're not discussing Shinui Deoraita. Which is the Rabbanan Shinui is Hosein Lebriato. The Oraita Shinui is a permanent Shinui. And therefore the Mishnah and the Braita were talking about. Two different scenarios. There's no stira between the Mishnah and the Braita. That's the answer of Abaye. Yeah, both of them The Hadush is in the Mishnah. That even though it's a Shinui, it's not a permanent Shinui. It's the Koneh. But of course, a person stole a regular plank of wood. And then he, he sanded it. Bingo. That's already a Shinui de Oraita. That's not going to change. That's the Braita that's talking about. The Hadush in the Mishnah is that even on a Shinui, that's Hosez Briyato. Comes the Gemara and continues and says a different answer. That's Abaye's way of reconciling the Braita and the Mishnah. Ravashi Amar, Ravashi says no. Tanadida namishinui deoraita ketani. Our Mishnah is also talking about a permanent change. Oh, what's the case of permanent change? Esim, va'asa'an kelim, you stole wood. And you made them into kelim, buchi'aneh. What's Bukhane? You turn them into a type of kelim called the Bukhane. That's like the, uh, the pestle that they use in order to grind spices. Now she says, Lichtosh. Ta'inu shifan. All you did in the Mishnah is you made it a keli. Now you made it a keli? All you do is to sand it. The sand you get make, make, made it into a keli. You're not, you don't have to hollow anything out or dig anything out. When you need a, a, a pestle, all you need is a, a, a block of wood in order to bang, uh, bang the spices. So our Mishnah that says, wood, that's what you actually did. You actually just sanded it down, and they already had a And that's what you do with the Oraita. Because once you sand it, you cannot unsand it. That's that's the Shipui. Oh, and the Tzemer that we said the guy stole. And he turned it into Begadim. What's the case? Namte. That she was Begadim Namte. That she says, Faltir Belaz, the end Benin Oto at Semer. Which means this type of Semer over here, you don't need to whiten. They don't, uh, they don't make a lipun on it. And therefore, Avadecha de Libnan Kanya. But of course, if the person say, uh, whitened the, the Kerim, but die, whitening is going to be. This was a type of Begad. That you didn't need to, to whiten it. And then what's a big? You made a kinyan on it. Oh, this is a shinui. And now Mishnah is talking about a shinui that's also irreversible. And therefore the Mishnah is talking about shinuyim that are the oraita. It seems you pressed the wool. By pressing the wool, namte means you pressed it in the press. Once you press it, you cannot, you don't have to whiten it. It's once you press it, you cannot un, it unravels it. Once you unravel it, it, it remains the way it is. Good. That's the case of the 
Abraita. Therefore, uh, if you actually sanded it, or you actually made a libun, they die. It goes without saying. We're, we're talking about over here, where uh, you also made a shinui in the Mishnah, which is also a shinui de oraita. Right, you made it to felt. That's what she says, felt up. You cannot change the wood once you make shipui, and you cannot make the, change the begin once you make this uh, pressing. It's a de oraita. It's it, very simple. And the braita's case is talking about, well, you didn't make a candy out of it. But still, it's also shinui de oraita. Because okay. once I make shipui, <laughs> in Jose, I don't have to make a candy. The Hadush of Mishnah is where the Shippuy made it into a keli. Or you had a case where you turned it into felt, where you didn't have to actually whiten it, but you actually pressed it. But the point is, both Braita and Mishnah Tumat Shinuyim, Deoraita. We didn't, according to Rav Asher, we're not getting into the discussion of a Shinu that can be Hazir. Right, we didn't discuss that. Whereas according to Abayyeh, yeah, we have a Shinu to the banana in the picture. Now the Gibbala goes into a side point. Vilibun, mi have Shinui. And the Gebra is assuming when you whiten something, when you whiten the wool, that's a shinui. The Gebra challenges that. Vilibun, the Abi shinui, is libun indeed a shinui? Why? Ulmini, we have a contradiction. We have a law called the Shita Giz. What's the Shita Giz? You have to give a certain amount of wool, the first shearings, uh, to the uh, Kohen. Uh, you have to give, let's say, a certain shoe, let's say the Gebra says from five animals. First five animals you take, you shear it, you collect all the wool together, and you give a significant shiur to the kohen. But let's say in the interim, uh, as you were shearing it, you whiten the wool. Oh, so you whiten the wool, if you're going to say that shinui is koneh, so now you don't got to give that wool to the kohen. Because you whitened it, and you, you go zeal it from the kohen, but it becomes yours. So the Baraita says like this, Lo speak lit no lo. Let's say you didn't give the tzemer to the kohen yet. Ajit Sivao, what did you do in the interim? You dyed it. So you patur. Maybe because now you were connected with the Shinui Maaseh. You made a Shinui, you dyed the wool. The wool is white, you turned it purple. So therefore you mazik matanot kehuna, you damage the matanot of the kehuna, and here you patur to pay. You don't have to pay, you don't have to give it to him. However, libno velot sevao. Oh, but if you just whitened it and you didn't, whitened it, mean you took out all the, the dirt from it and things like that. The deen is hayav. So you see what? Whitening is not considered a shinui, only dying. But from our bright above, we smash by that what? Even whitening the wool is considered a shinui. Let's read Rashi for a minute. Look at Rashi. No, I speak that no. The Rashita gets the Kohen. You didn't give the Rashita gets the Kohen. Acha seva or patur. The Kanya be shinui. The damim na melo mishalim. Oh, so maybe you have to compensate him with money. You took his Rashita Giz. The Kohen was coming to him a uh, hundred dollars worth of the wool. Maybe pay him money. And she says, no. You really didn't steal from him because it didn't come to him. It wasn't his yet that you have to compensate him yet. You stole it from the Shevet. You stole it from the tribe of Kohanim. You didn't steal from one specific Kohen. If we don't got to compensate. Oh, however, uh, if you uh, whitened it, so then already the deen is what? Whitened it, the deen is? You still have to pay, you still hayas. You see, whitening is not considered a shinui. No, that's what you have to give it to them. You owe the shit against a, a kohen. So when you take the wool off these animals, you didn't give it to a kohen, you have to pay him. You whitened it. You still have to pay him. That's right, that's a stira. We learned that whitening is a shinui. Now we say not. So Abiyah is going to answer. Correct. No question. Two different shitot over here. Which means that which we say libun is not considered a shinui. This braita is found rabbanan. Where do you see it? The Tanya, we have a braita. The guy was gozez the semer. Right? He cut the semer. Tevao va'arago. You spun the wool. Arago, and you weaved it. Okay? He made the processed wool out of it. And mitzaref. Now, I told you that there's a certain shiur you have to give to the kohen. Let's say you, 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 you 
shear five animals. Okay, so all the shearings of the five animals are mitzaref, and you give it to the Kohen. So the deen is, I cut the first animal. Then I have wool in my head. I spun it, I weaved it, I made it nice. Now I cut the next animal. So the deen is in mitzaref. The wool of the first animal is not mitzaref, because now already I made a shinui on it. Therefore you cannot mitzaref this wool. With the wool that's coming up, look at Rashi, in mitzaref. Right? By the time you gave it to the coin, already it was yours, because you made a shinui. Here the rabbis come along and say, you didn't make a lipun, or you didn't make a tzibi'ah. Yeah, cut it. And uh, before it came to tziruf of the second, the third, and the fourth, you went and you spun it, and you uh, made it into uh, 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 yarn or thread. So the deen is, in mistarif. Libno, here's what we need from the writer. Libno, you actually whitened it. So here we have a machloket between Rabbi Shimon and Tanakaman Abana. Rabbi Shimon Omer, En Mistaref. What do you see, En Mistaref? Because the Libun is Koneh. Nachemim Omrim, Mistaref. And Nachemim come along and say, it is indeed Mistaref. So why you see a machloket between Rabbi Shimon and Nachemim? Is Libun Koneh or not? Machloket Tanaim. Clear or not? Comes here and says, Rabbi Amar, have had a bishimon. Rabbi says, no, I can tell you both are a bishimon. How can it be both a bishimon? Is libun a shinui or not a shinui? Kabbalah says, velakashya, had the nafsin nafutse, had the serke, seruke. It depends how we whitened it. Look at that, she nafse biyad. Niputz is he takes his hands and he runs it through the the wool just to take out all the dirt and all the impurities. That's also considered whitening. But there's whitening that you do with your hand and there's whitening that you do with the comb, with the brush. If you do it with the brush, oh, that's a that's a real whitening. That's a dibun. That's going to be a shinui. Ah, oh, the brighter that said dibun is not shone, the kone. That's the way he did it. Viyad. One more answer. Rabbi Hayyab al-Abin Amar's third answer. Hayyab al-Abin Amar. Had the chavure, had the chavure, kaberuye. Oh. There's two different types of whitening processes according to Rabbi Asher. Rabbi Hayyab al-Abin. One is talking where you soaked it in water. <coughs> soaking it in water also gets away the impurities. But that's not considered a real... Shinui. But kabruye, kabruye is, you smoked it with the gofrit, with the sulfur. You sulfurized it, or you bleached it. Exactly. That's really considered a shinui. So basically, the Gemara is answering three answers. You had a stira. Is the boon a shinui or not? One answer is, mahlokit, rabbanav rabbi shimon. Or I could say, no, everything is rabbi shimon. And what? It depends the process that you did. If you did it by hand, no. If you did it by comb, yes. Or if you did it by water, no. If you did it by uh, sulfurizing, yes. Baruch <laughs> Amen.